perfectly fine. Fine. Okay, fine. 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 You're listening to Everything is Fine in Southwest Washington, where we recognize that everything is not at all fine, discuss what we can do about it, and empower you to connect with your community. As parents, as citizens, as humans, and as earthlings, our backs right now are against the wall because of global heating. We must rise up together. We must save what can still be saved. We must rise up and take power back from the corporate sociopaths who would continue burning down our Earth's habitability for profit until nothing is left. Make no mistake, this is actually a life or death fight. I think of Earth as a spaceship, spaceship Earth. Carl Sagan described it as a pale blue dot. It's the place where everything we've ever known and loved has happened. And we are losing it so, so rapidly on our watch. Every little bit of fossil fuel that we burn, every gallon of gas, every flight that's taken, every therm of natural gas, every little chunk of coal that gets sold by the fossil fuel industry and burned, turns into carbon dioxide, goes into the atmosphere, and reflects back outgoing infrared radiation that otherwise would escape to space. Um, In my opinion, 1.5 degrees Celsius was never a safe level. The damage that's being done is irreversible. Um, I feel like if the public really understood that at a deep level, uh, they would be at a much higher level of urgency, uh, but will basically be permanently above, we're on track to be permanently above 1.5 degrees uh, in the early 2030s. And I think that's going to be a really scary place for us to be as a species on planet Earth. Um, The other thing everyone should know about uh, this climate emergency is that, uh, but there's all of this uh, garbage about uh, carbon capture, right? Pulling carbon out of the atmosphere, uh, which the fossil fuel industry absolutely loves because it's effectively a distraction. Uh, against what we actually need to do, which is to end the fossil fuel industry as quickly as possible. That is job number one, right? So forget all about carbon offsets and planting trees and uh, carbon capture. Globally speaking, we're still uh, increasing our use of fossil fuels faster than ever before. Despite how how bad things have gotten, uh, what we're experiencing now on Earth, it's still the merest beginnings. As long as we keep emitting fossil fuels, the planet will get even hotter and hotter and hotter uh, until we start getting heat waves that could potentially kill 10 million people or even more. Uh, We risk global rise of authoritarianism. Uh, We risk nuclear war due to, for example, water shortages in parts of the world uh, where that uh, nation are not necessarily friendly toward each other and do have nuclear weapons. We are heading potentially towards billions of deaths, in my opinion. The fossil fuel industry, as I think you know, has been actively lying for many, many decades. Uh, We need to find our way into climate emergency mode somehow, and we need to do it now. I think it's important for us to keep in mind a perspective of a young person in 2030, or maybe in 2040, or maybe in 2050. 
What will they wish that we did today? Climate activists in general have been far too polite. So many local governments have failed to basically accept that uh, we we live on a different planet now. Uh, uh, we need a stronger climate movement. We need everyone to realize the urgency and basically realize that this is a life or death thing uh, that we're facing before we get local governments to start taking uh, mitigation and also adaptation. City councils and state governments all across the country and local governments all across the world that are still have their heads in the sand basically and are pretending that we can uh, keep doing things just as we've done them uh, throughout the rest of the Holocene uh, before the fossil fuel industry started overheating our planet. If you didn't feel afraid of what's happening to our planet right now, I think it simply means you don't understand. I feel like collectively and individually we have to we have to accept that grief, that grief that we have to do that crying and let those tears flow uh, before we I, I think pretty much all the climate activists I know, especially the ones doing taking risks and doing civil disobedience, have all gone through a grief process like that and come out the other side and kind of continue to grapple with that grief and live with it, but use it as a very motivating force. So we're having a beer for this episode. <laughs> uh, what are we celebrating? We're not. <laughs> we are we are being driven to drink by the uh reality of of uh of this week's topic. I I say this week's topic. We don't do weekly. We're we're lucky to do monthly. Yeah, this, I mean this episode's yeah. topic. We've covered this topic before in different ways, but we are doing an intensive, I guess, a very thorough series of which we don't know how many episodes there will be. But this is the uh, acknowledging, learning and acknowledging the reality episode that we can hopefully talk about solutions and tactics and um, what our local situation is on the next one, although we're going to be, I think we'll be touching on um, all those things a little bit uh, on this one, but it's mostly just like, what's been happening with climate change? Yeah. What are, what's the recent data? What are the recent events? What are the scientists saying? What are the scientists doing right now? Um, And... Yeah, I mean, most of it is is bad news. Um, A lot of it is worse than any climate models projected. And uh, I think we've just got to, we've just got to, you know, everybody's always talking about climate change, climate change, climate change. But are we, are we really like following? Yeah, no, it becomes like just another noise in the background. Yeah, and the, the other thing too, which I have suggested this before in environmental circles but nobody listens to me but um is that like you know everyone's like oh climate change is a trigger word da, 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 da. you have to talk to people in certain ways it's like well i think that like the the media obviously isn't doing a great job about covering this like i think that a lot of our local 
leaders and just people in general, they still are not informed as to the extent of how bad it is. So when you sit there and say, oh, we need climate action, oh, we need this, um, I don't I don't think they're really hearing it because they're not hearing they're not hearing what the the science is telling us. They're not getting the the updates. Yeah. Um, also, this year has weirdly been we haven't seen terrible impacts yet. No. Knock on wood. And it's only so, August. Yeah. But, it's, and that's it's, in the Pacific Northwest. Everywhere right. else, it's fucking hell on earth, right? Yeah, but that's <laughs> but, not here. <laughs> That's over there. There's like literally over a map there, I saw of, like, of like all the like different temperatures across the U.S. and weirdly like I mean so Southwest Washington <laughs> or like Washington was like weirdly the only thing that was like not oh so what if Canada's on fire? It's just Canada. Yeah, we don't need them. We don't need fucking yeah, fuck those Canada. other states. Yeah. You know, Pacific Northwest is where it's at. Yeah, we don't need those boreal forests that Good Lord. sequester carbon. No. Oh yeah, there we go. That's, <laughs> that's, I'm weird to like crack it together, but I just like I just I just did no, it. No, no, that's fine. It just like, happened. They'll hear it. Cheers. Cheers. We're gonna need this. <laughs> ah. Refreshing. All Very right. nice. Very nice beer. Okay, this so episode brought to you by the Bowie Beer Company. <laughs> Hell's Lager, Hell's baby. Hell's Lager from Astoria. <laughs> Before Astoria burns down, we're drinking some of their yeah, beer. Yeah, or is a uh, yeah. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Astoria is like a coastal city. Like that's like not even a joke. Before the ocean catches fire. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah. I've tried my best, as mostly a layman myself, only a minor in environmental science over here. I'm mostly just referring to I mean the that, scientists that and the science. Still put you above like all our local politicians. <laughs> Yeah, right. As yeah. far as knowledgeability. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyways, hopefully this podcast will will be able to distill all this information in a way that is easy for people to, to understand. And yeah, it's going to be it's going to be dark, but um, it's definitely necessary. Um, and yeah, also the other point is that like what's going on everywhere else matters. Yeah. Obviously, like, things have happened here, which we can talk about and everybody knows about as far as extreme climate events, but... Well, we've talked about them in past episodes, like... Yeah. I mean, it just, it... <sighs> Fuck. As, as long as we have this little, like, this moment of, oh, it's not that bad right now, mm -hmm. you know, we can kind of write all that off, but it's been this... We've... we've you know the pots the pots get into a boil and we're sitting the frog sitting in there thinking oh it's not that it's just just must be how it is nothing nothing coming down the pipe we're, yeah we're fine yeah exactly fine. and that's that's the other thing is like if if things happen elsewhere those those things actually do affect us because we live in a poorly planned capitalist <laughs> consumerist <laughs> global industrial hellhole and so like like our our supply chains are going to be disrupted our food systems are are global they're ridiculous yeah. we don't sustain yeah. our own community with um food that we grow here we do have some agriculture here we used to have more it's being threatened every single fucking day yeah um so yeah like disasters that happen elsewhere 
um, you, I mean, morally, you should just care about that, right? Because people are suffering, but they will also impact you. And this is yeah. just the beginning. And it's, it's been, it's really been, it's made its way into the common like dialogue, but it's been so de-emphasized. Like we get this, an article might pop up in your newsfeed along with all the fucking, you know, movie news or clickbait bullshit. Like it just, it gets lost in the shovel and then you read the article and it doesn't like, it's not taking like they never say climate change they never say what you can do about climate change it's just like oh yeah yeah especially with the heat events i mean joe biden just the, the other day was one of those where it was like everyone thought maybe maybe now he's gonna declare an, a climate emergency <laughs> yeah, but he's right. basically just like oh we're gonna put like some more money into like uh reacting or you know helping people with this extreme heat or whatever and not saying anything i think that's what it was i think he did say climate change but he was just like he didn't say shit about the fossil fuel and in industry yeah. or ending it or well it, it's just anything. It's, it's just a word it's a word you say that's part of our reality but no weight is attached they're not doing anything about it and, yeah, you know, you're talking about it as if it's just happening. As if, yeah. And as we if don't you, know why it's happening, and we're just reacting to the impacts because right. it's just happening no matter what, and we are not causing this. Right, Basically, yeah. is the implicit when you're not... Exactly. ...acknowledging that. Exactly. Um, okay, so another reason that I really wanted to do this series is because for a while I have felt, and, like, we've been, like climate activists or climate aware or whatever the fuck you want to call it for like years right but now i'm at the point where everything feels so surreal because all of this shit is happening but still everybody is carrying on like normal um it's it's also really concerning because like i don't know how much like independent left news you watch philip but like um I follow a lot of um, independent left journalists and all and all of that, and it just seems like all they do is react to like they're not setting the agenda, they're not setting any kind of priority, right? Um, because the mainstream news is not covering climate change and no one else is covering it, even though all this, like I said, we're going to get into it, this terrifying data and the these events are are happening they're they're in the news if you look for them right yeah um they're not covering them they're just reacting to like oh what is the left's critique of barbie and then they're gonna then all fucking 10 of these journalists <laughs> are gonna and this is like on the national scale right? right all of them are just gonna do their own little show about that and no one once again is setting the agenda and prioritizing the things that are most important and so every day I like, I check, I'm like, is anybody going to talk about this? Is anybody going to talk to this? Or is anybody going to talk to a scientist? Any of these people that like, I, I do idolize because they are left figures, um, and really good on other issues, but it's just like, there's no fucking appetite for talking about climate change at a time when like, that is the number one fucking story. And so they are completely complicit in my view right now. Um, because I feel like what they're doing is, uh, reacting to, they're they're doing what is algorithmically advantageous to them so but locally i see lots of climate denial that is more difficult to explain i feel like there's many kinds of deniers um many forms so we've got the outright deniers of climate change you know the earl and karen bowerman types 
Um, but there are also people who are completely oblivious to how bad it is, who think it's some future issue, they don't have skin in the game, or they also think that impacts will be slow and linear. I think that's that's a big one for people. Um, these impacts are actually potentially exponential once you hit those tipping points, which um, a lot of the news is indicating that we might be hitting those tip tipping points right now, or quite a fucking few of them. Um, yeah, and then I I think there there's people who want to live in ignorant bliss. They don't want to give up their lifestyles. They think that maybe this Democratic administration has it all covered, has it all handled, because, mm -hmm. hey, at least they acknowledge that climate change is real, right? Like, this is somebody else's problem, and this is not our problem to take the reins and demand that the, the action that happens that is necessary at the scale that it's necessary. And I think that's just like, I think people just think, oh, we're just going to gradually switch over to renewables and that's going to be fine. Yeah. But the biggest, not the biggest, I'm not going to say that those people are the, the biggest problem. I just do see this problem of um, actual climate activists who think we're just going to switch over to renewables and right. do green capitalism. Right. And that that is going to work. <laughs> without just saying too much on that. Um, yeah, so they think that we'll be all right without exp without changing the ever-expanding economic system, which is incompatible with living on this finite planet. Um, and we are in the very, like, last hour of dealing with that. It's not something, like, we can just kick down the can down the road on. That's what everyone's hoping. Like, let's just, just give us enough time, dear God, for the next generation to have to deal with it. Yeah. And yeah. And which is, oh my God. And I could even, I could even go forever on that, you know, like why the fuck is it young people that have to do this work that have to like demand their, like our parents and grandparents should be standing alongside us. Um, and it's really sad that they're not, if we're not addressing the root cause of the problem, which is the ever expanding extractive economic system, that then we're not going to adequately deal with climate change and so like and if if we if we don't understand the root cause then we are not going to like use the correct tactics we're not going to seek the correct solutions and yeah i think that a lot of conventional methods are being used um and they're clearly not working but a lot of people want to deny that they're not working, I think. Yeah. Um, and I also just, yeah, I just don't see where political politeness is going to get us at this point. Um, and those, those are just some thoughts for now. But really, that topic is going to be the <laughs> subject of a Patreon-only episode <laughs> that will hopefully be released on the... <laughs> next installment of this series but Wait. it's just some thoughts to because it's like we're talking about what's happening acknowledging the science acknowledging where we're at all the updates um but the next step will be what do we do what tactics are effective what aren't um and and we we all have to be on the same page of what the root cause is yeah. and we need to not expect and spend energy elsewhere so anyways so this is a few notes on what scientists are saying generally when they compare predictions and models to what is going on right now. So NASA scientist Peter Kalmus on July 29th tweeted. Tw July 29th of this year? Of this year. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Well, 
he is he says the following fuck 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 this is terrifying folks everything is happening so much faster than we thought and then previously on july 10th he said make no mistake these floods heat domes fires and smoke events are still just the barest beginning of earth breakdown and the damage is effectively irreversible in my opinion billions of human lives are at risk uh, do you remember how many billions of lives are on this planet? Uh, human lives, excuse me. Uh, it's eight. It's almost eight. Oh. And so he thinks billions. Plural. So, so how many least, billions are we talking that's here? That's at least two yeah. out of eight. Yeah. That's billions a, with a, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's at least a fourth. Yeah. The entire human population. Yeah. So additionally, Bill McGuire, who wrote Hot House, excuse me, Hot House Earth and is well a well-respected volcanologist and climate scientist in the UK recently said, quote, evidence of how bad I think things are to get. We are planning ahead. We are lucky enough to have an acre, which we grow our own fruit and vegetables. We will now be upgrading our rain harvesting, composting, and seed collecting capacities to build resilience. So this guy's prepping. He's fucking prepping. He's a prepper now, a, a climate, climate scientist. scientist. Because... Because he understands how vulnerable and asinine our food systems are. We've outsourced them like everything else. Um, and he knows that they are going to be severely disrupted. He also states that nowhere on the planet is any longer immune to the building heat, which is, which is only going to get worse and much worse. Um, so remember, I don't know if you remember this, but maybe some people know this, that some were saying that perhaps... The Pacific Northwest, uh, due to our climate, might be some kind of climate refuge that we might not be affected as much. Yeah. Um, and then the 2021 heat dome blew that shit out of the water. Yeah. Um, and scientists are saying, no, there, we, there's nowhere that's not going to be affected. Yeah, will some ecosystems and people be affected more than others, sooner than others? Yes, but there will be effects. How dire... Um, those effects are, are, I think what they're saying is that some of them are no longer in our hands, but a lot of them are in our hands if we choose to correct course. <laughs> so anyways, I told you this is going to be fucking depressing, dude. Okay. Yeah. So on the topic of heat domes, July of 2023 was the hottest month in recorded history. Um, it's not August yet, so... We'll see if any more records get broken. Um, I mean, they're broken constantly. Like, yeah. constantly. Yeah, they're falling left and right. Yeah. Um, the Arctic is warming three to four times faster than the rest of the planet. Uh, this has a lot of implications, but one of them is a broken jet stream that has notably created four concurrent heat domes across the globe. The one I'm going to talk about is the one closest to us. Um, the southwestern U.S. was one of those heat domes. Um, Phoenix, Arizona hit 110 degrees or more for 31 days in a row. Um, and for those who might say, oh, Phoenix is just hot, uh, this was more than double the previous record of 13 days. Um, People have been getting life-threatening burns and filling emergency rooms from falling on the ground. And even the saguaro cacti have been slumping over dead. I don't know if you saw any photos of that, Philip. No. But yeah, so cacti. pretty. Yeah. The yep. thing that's supposed to do well in the heat. And that's, I mean, maybe that's something we could just take note of, too. Like, it's already been predicted that, um, you know, we're going to have a lot of influx of climate 
migrants. I guess you wouldn't call them refugees because they're not from another country, but I'm sure we're going to have those too. Um, So yeah, like once again, we're not going to be unaffected in here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, You know, there's all, there's all kinds of implications of climate change, right? So um, then the most concerning thing for me and for scientists, I'm just like, why the fuck isn't anybody talking about this? Because this is a big deal. Um, it's what is going on with our oceans. So first global sea temperatures in May and June were at record highs for the time of year and were noted by Dr. Michael Sparrow of the world meter, the world meteorological, the world (laughs) meteorological (laughs) social. It's a beer. The world meteorological organization's world climate research department as being quote, much higher than anything. The models predicted again, NASA scientist, Peter Kalmus, who we already cited um, in response to these data, he expressed his bewilderment saying on July 5th, quote, it feels to me like the climate may have shifted into some sort of new regime of global heating that scientists don't yet understand people might have heard this one sorry i don't know if you have a comment there (laughs) no no don't take my stunned silence as like wanting to interject anything yeah um uh so yeah some people might have heard about this the water on the florida coast has reached literally hot tub temperatures um and as a result our third largest barrier reef has been bleached um i saw the on the news um it was like the local news was covering it there there's like scientists like literally like taking corals out of the out of the water and like preserving them for like during this heat wave in this but that i mean not pathetic but like desperate not pathetic it's a worthwhile attempt but desperate attempt to like save save our coral our corals um so anyhow also a new report from the australian academy of scientists excuse me, of sciences, stated that the climate crisis would probably damage the Great Barrier Reef, which is the world's biggest reef system, in ways that could become, quote, irreversible by mid-century. That's it's also a common word that's being used, irreversible. Irreversible on human timescales, a lot of this stuff. And the corals have experienced six mass bleaching events since 1998, four of them having been in the last seven years. So why does that matter? Uh, Many coastal communities rely on seafood that is supported by the reefs. So additionally, the Atlantic Ocean sea surface temperature anomaly has been making the rounds in climate circles because of how terrifyingly out of whack it is. And so I'm going to show you this. This uh, side is measuring the difference in degrees Celsius from the 1991 to 2020 mean. And then this is the day of year. So each one of these is is a year, each one of these like blue lines, and then it's like going across the year all the way from, so 1991 to 2020. So this is just like how, how everything's been going. Mm-hmm. And then this is how, this is 2023. What does that line Jesus, look like to you? That's this year? Mm-hmm. That red line? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, there are a lot of like blue squiggly lines down on the bottom half of the graph and then on the top half of the graph, which starts out near the blue, but then just goes higher and higher and higher and higher and quickly becomes in a class all of its own is, uh, the data for this year. Uh, and that, I, I, I would have expected like upon seeing a graph, I would have expected that, that kind of a climb to be over the course of 
you know, at least several years or a, a longer time span, but that that's scary. Yeah, um, this is just it uh, shooting up insanely, and I, I can explain what this means more, and we can include this graph um, yeah. in the post about this podcast. God, I hope people fucking care about this. I hope people fucking care about this i'm just like worried that this is not gonna be a hot fucking topic like i was just saying earlier like no one wants to talk about this it's just it's just bad time let's not talk about this negativity this negative shit that's happening to our planet fucking drives me insane um okay so there is a big question as to why this warming is happening and why it's happening so dramatically um, of course, the main reason that is it's happening is because of greenhouse gas emissions from humans. Um, uh, and people might not know, but the ocean is also a massive carbon sink. We're always talking about carbon in our atmosphere, but our oceans are also absorbing um, about 30% of the CO2. Um, and on top of what's going on with that, uh, Earth is entering its El Nino phase after coming out of La Nina, which has been masked, which has been masking more intense climate impacts for the last couple of years. Yeah, I did hear about that. And it and, was very concerning. Yeah. And when you think about that, it's like, oh, it's been masking climate impacts for the last couple of years or a few years because we've had some pretty fucking bad climate impacts. Um, so if we were not in that phase like potentially those could have been worse apparently um but now we're getting into el nino and that's where everything is globally heating up i believe it's like a kind of a three three year cycle for each of those um cycles um god knows where we'll be three years from now yeah but also this doesn't explain everything because el nino is just getting started we're not yeah. even like into el nino yeah yeah um so the other culprit is very interesting in 2020 the un's international maritime organization cut sulfur pollution from ships by more than 80 percent to improve air quality so that sounds good right but the thing about sulfur is that it has a reflective quality sulfate particles seed and brighten low-lying clouds that reflect solar radiation back into space and cool the earth um and then from what i've read the the cooling effect of sulfur is similar to the warming effect of methane um so this rule this um this uh, reduction in sulfur pollution rule uh, according to atmospheric physicist Duncan Watson Paris is a quote big natural experiment that we are now seeing the results of um, so that's basically the rundown and on what is known as the North Atlantic sea surface temperature anomaly and why it's happening um, but what are the consequences of this warming so other than being abnormal Philip do you have any thoughts as to like why abnormal or very hot sea surface temperatures might be bad and what kind of impacts they'll have. I mean, have. aside from cooking all of our fish for us so we can just reach in and just have a nice <laughs> fish dinner straight out of the ocean. Yeah. Sounds like a good yes. thing. So sea Sounds life. like capitalism is doing its thing really well. So sea life are stressed and cannot survive at too high of temperatures. Um, yes, they will be cooked at some point as Philip... Um, as Philip describes, or they will at least be stressed out and die. Um, you know, that's similar to us, t us humans, in case anybody forgot that. There's actually only a, there's a certain temperature threshold that we can handle before we can't handle it anymore, right? And yeah. we start to, yeah. Oh, but you know in what? You got your, you got your nice gas guzzler car. It's got a nice AC in there. You'll be fine. 
You'll yeah, be fine. We just you just have, run that thing all the time. We've got AC units. Be fine. And uh, <laughs> I don't know where we're going to grow food, but yep, we'll be all right. Um. <laughs> oh, there's plenty of food at the grocery store. <laughs> Wait a sec. Where does the... Hold on a second. How do they get the food? Where does the food come from that gets to the grocery store? Oh, no. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, you have to grow that shit. Oh, my God. It doesn't come prepackaged. <laughs> Like, it's always just been there my entire life. Like We grow, we make it with money, duh. We make it with money? The corporations get profits and produce food for us out of thin air. (laughs) This is... (sighs) (laughs) Laughing so as not to cry. That fucking fucking graph you showed me does look like a profit chart for, like, one of the oil companies or some (laughs) shit. (laughs) Wouldn't that be funny if they were, like, yeah... Oh, okay. Well, so for example, we just spoke about the 2021 uh, Pacific Northwest heat dome that I'm sure everybody remembers. Um, That's estimated to have killed a billion marine animals in just that one event. And remember, scientists are saying this is just the beginning. Um, So additionally, the carbon our ocean is having to absorb has an acidifying effect, which basically dissolves the shells and skeletons of many organisms such as oysters and corals. Oh, Jesus. So say goodbye to those oysters, people. And the, yeah, all of the marine life that those corals depend on. On the note about the food supply of other species, a recent story that was reported, um, it reported about 2,000 young penguins washed up on the shores of Uruguay. Um, They tested negative for the avian flu. They had no fat reserves and empty stomachs, so they starved to death. Oh, God. So, you know, these, say, culturally significant creatures that everybody loves penguins. Oh, every kid has a penguin. One day it's going to be, nope, those are like the dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just especially sad. I think that people, like, unfortunately, so much of climate change is like, wait, well, how is this going to affect me? Exactly. When is it going to affect me? Yeah. But You don't give a shit until it starts banging down your door yeah and i mean it's like we we should care about the other lives we are destroying and habitats we're destroying it's um it's an atrocity on its own so i just wanted to uh cover that because that was another recent story out of so many so many stories so Warm waters also worsen storms, which, of course, will continue to impact us humans as they get worse and worse and will impact our food supply. Um, So another related story to warm waters and what's going on with our oceans and all this stuff um, is the massive hypoxia event that happened recently off the Gulf of Texas. So I'm going to show you this video, Philip. It's just dead fish out to basically the horizon. That is a lot of dead fish. I think I read tens of thousands of dead fish. I think there were some kind of local people that were like hundreds of dead fish. And it's like Oh no, that's no that's not it's hundreds. like an insane and we'll we'll share this video that too. Is a beach full of dead fish, it's yeah. just panning. I mean like that would be insane if you saw that, right? So let's explain why that's happening or why that happened. Um So, yeah, that's known as a a hypoxia event. It's when there's little or no oxygen in the water. And so, basically, these marine animals uh, just suffocate to to death. Um, It's also called a dead zone or a fish kill. Um, So, global heating makes these fish kill events worse for several reasons, but they're largely the result of nutrient 
run off and someone's going to talk shit about me for this, but, um, <laughs> they're, mo they're largely the result of nutrient runoff from intensive agriculture. So this is both from the excess chemical nutrients that we apply to fertilize crops, um, on top of the massive amounts of nutrient runoff from fucking cow shit because us humans, especially us Americans, are addicted to insane and unhealthy levels of beef and dairy. Um, trying to take away our burgers. Yeah, yeah. Our, uh, our yeah, steaks. I guess I am. Yeah, because we got to survive. This is a goddamn commie <laughs> podcast right here. I know. Yeah, people aren't going to like that. Yeah, se second behind fossil fuel. So Fossil fuels is industrial animal agriculture, um, and so they are helping to cause this, and this is without talking about yeah, we, the so methane, but that's for another... God forbid we should be inconvenienced. <laughs> yeah. I will, like, let's burn the entire world as long as I get my... You know, my, I think that's the shit. problem too. People don't want to talk about this because they know deep down there, like to deal with it, we're gonna have to be inconvenienced. Yeah, no, we're gonna have to make some some changes, and it's hard to change. And it's fucking like you're trying to go to work every day. You're trying to like get a little bit of time for yourself. Like it's hard to think about these things, and it's hard to make any, like, God, I can't even. I don't. I don't have my shit together, and my shit isn't doesn't have global repercussions. Um, <laughs> Like, if, yeah, if, if like, my oh room my isn't clean, there's not fish dying. How am I going to get, yeah, the whole world shit together on top of my shit? Which, hey, we do have, you know, well, that's this, for the next episode. This, this is, is not the depressing the episode. episode. But this, yeah. is the, <laughs> this is the make sure your firearms are safely stowed away and outside your reach yeah, episode. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God, yeah, 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 this is a... Uh, Bang everybody over the head with reality episode, I guess. Um, so, yeah. So, this is just another example of how we're destroying our environment and, in turn, ourselves by killing our oceans and everything in it. It's also an example of how something that seems good, like nutrients, can be bad in too large a quantity or because of another quality it possesses. Just like carbon. I wanted to include that because... I think that someone needs to tell that to Earl Bowerman <laughs> because, <laughs> and the rest of the carbon is fa is plant food people because yeah, carbon is plant food, but it also is a greenhouse gas. All right. So anyways, onto the Canadian wildfires that blanketed like half of the United States in smoke. Did you hear about that, Philip? Uh, I've heard about the Canadian wildfires. I didn't realize that half the U.S. was blanketed in smoke. Yeah, another weird, um, or uh, lucky, eerie, I don't know, like weird, um, it wasn't our half of the United States, interestingly, but it did cover half of the United States in smoke. Um, so we just got lucky this time. Um, so yeah, those beautiful boreal forests that were storing carbon for us have gone up in flames, according to the European Union's climate monitor that tracks smoke via satellite data. Canada's wildfires that are still ongoing have already released double the amount of carbon emissions than the last full year record that was set in 2017. Um, and these carbon emissions from the fires, what will those do? Oh, well. Result I, in more warming. Yeah. So this demonstrates a feedback loop that scientists warn about where warned about where by heating the planet with greenhouse gases we can set off a chain of events that cause even more heating which results in exponential impacts and i think that's i don't know i feel like that's i mean well we do know that's been like communi communicated by climate science like these 
tipping points, but I don't know if people in their everyday like understanding of climate change like know that or think about that that there's there's linear mm-hmm. and then there's exponential yeah and I, I i feel like i knew that like back when i first started getting really really alarmed was all these fires are just going to cause more fucking you know atmospheric pollution causes more warming causes more fires and then suddenly you're in a feedback loop yeah like you don't even have to look at all the the deeply alarming ocean stuff or anything else but beyond like just that and you can see the uh, the, the pattern and then x x you know multiply that by like all the ocean feedback loops all the whatever other feedback loops that we're causing it it's it's so big that it's hard to think about and yeah like you know people are which it's like it's it's a similar analogy but they're like you know we're the frog in the pot of boiling water slowly not knowing that it's boiling right but it's it's really like we're slowly gradually lowering and then splash then like it's like you know what I mean it's not it's not slow and gradual all the time at some point you know right it's gonna be (sighs) all right depressing episodes there's there's more grab yourself a beer if you have it (laughs) take a nice breather step away from the podcast be sure to come back to the podcast breathe into a paper bag do what you gotta do yeah um but don't grab that gun yet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, wait. We should maybe we should have gone with the solutions episode first. <laughs> well, we have a dip in our listenership. I know, Pete. There's no one left now. There's no one left. Oh, there's a dip. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Morbid humor to get us through the. Um, okay. Um, all right, so so on the topic of feedback loops, we're not done yet. Oh shit! Um, so now this is the other frightening thing, at least that I, I keep seeing scientists like, "What the fuck? Oh my god!" Um, is uh, the Antarctic sea ice extent anomaly? So, from what I understand, Antarctic sea ice extent just means how much fucking sea ice is there. That's, yeah. What's the extent of the sea ice? In case people don't get that maybe that's obvious but um when people hear the word anomaly by the way it's like here oh here's a weird thing that's just happening for some reason but it's an anomaly it's certainly not oh it's just an outlier it's an outlier it's not part of the normal thing the excuse is built into the language (laughs) and i really it it frustrates me like anomaly frustrates me as much as the word mitigation (laughs) because mitigation is is fucking environmentalism filtered through capitalism or it's capitalism's idea of environmentalism and it's gonna do fuck all i've been in that like i i've been doing that work for the past year yeah like we're gonna destroy the environment but we're to like mitigate the impact somehow or whatever it's it's sold as environmental work then when you get into it it's like this is this is bullshit yeah, it's like we're going to mandate green building codes on all the new buildings we're going to build as we destroy yeah. the land and the forest and the fucking... We're, we're going to fire up our gas-powered mowers to make things look nice for the <laughs> HOA. Yeah, yeah. Mitigation, yeah. Fucking love it. Shout um, out to homeowners associations out there. 
you know they're listening to us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Our biggest demographic. Is... <laughs> Never mind. I'm not even going down that road. <laughs> okay, so in referring to the low sea ice in Antarctica, sea ice scientist Will Hobbs stated that quote unprecedented is a word that gets bandied around a lot, but it doesn't really get to just how shocking it is. It is very much outside of our understanding of this system. That's the expert on sea ice telling us Jesus. that. Or an expert on sea ice telling us that. Ah, what does he know? Um, and then I've got another graph for you, Philip. Oh, so, yeah, take another drink. Mm. <laughs> oh, guess this one goes up. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, well, actually, no, this one goes down. This one goes down because it's well, the amount good. of that's sea good ice. News, right? <laughs> Okay, so okay, so this is going to be a graph from Professor Elliot Jacobson um, comparing 2023 to the mean sea ice extents in square kilometers. So similar to the other graph, you've got oh, all of this blue yeah. wavering, but all generally in the same area. It's all in the middle. The like it goes high, it goes low, but it's all generally in the same spot. Yeah, and we're going over the day of year or the yeah the day of year as we go along so that means that um you know it's going through the season so obviously it's going to have its lower and its higher right. um amount and so so yeah this so this it, it, red one is is 2023 of and course. it's comparing to the 1991 to 2020 mean and that's what all all of these ones are. Right. And so what, yeah, what would you so describe it that starts, as doing? It starts off with a spike. It starts off rising. Its highest point is still well below, like, the the bottom most of the blue line, though. Um, or at least partially below. Like, it's on the lower end of that whole spectrum. Like, it is, it's the last line. Mm-hmm. Um, and the then it starts line, yeah. going down and down and down and leaving even the lowest blue lines in the dust. Um, and really just hits the, just plummets, plummets, hits the bottom of the graph and, uh, rebounds a little bit. So everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> rebounds a Re- very rebounds little bit. Rebounds like a whole, yeah, no, it's, it's, it it's, like it's a fraction. <laughs> it's still like lost in the white of like this uncharted territory of graph that we've never hit before. Yeah. And so um, that's, uh, that's been kind of a joke with this graph and the, the, um, the sea temp anomaly one, the the North Atlantic one, um, is like people being like, "Oh, gotta extend the gotta extend the y-axis." <laughs> like, oh, sorry, it's, yeah. it's 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 gone beyond the graph. It needs to. We gotta extend the y-axis yet again because it's dipping too low, or with the you know with the other one, it's dipping too high. The high fact that this is a single year is is existentially terrifying. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that's what they're saying is terrifying. And I'll explain a little further of why it's terrifying other than it's completely abnormal. But like what, you know, what does it mean? Yeah, so there's huge problems with it, with this insane record low of sea ice. Of course, tons of animals who depend on sea ice will be impacted. Um, uh, and Antarctic, Antarctic sea ice also impacts the way the ocean circulates oxygen and nutrients around the world. Um, but even more disturbingly is that the loss of sea ice unleashes ancient stores of methane, which I think I already noted uh, yeah. 25 times the warming potential of 
yeah, carbon dioxide. I, I knew that from years back, too, is with the ice melts enough, then you're another feedback loop and a bad one. That was the big concern or one of the big concerns. And with, yeah. I should note, I have no education in climate science. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. These things still cross my radar. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I am, st- like, I think that people as best they can should try to um, understand the science. Um, but, you know, when the experts in any field tell you something, I'm not saying blindly, uh, you know, don't ask questions and just blindly, like, listen to what whatever quote-unquote expert tells you, but, like, come the fuck on. We've got, you know, almost 100% of science scientists the world global consensus is that this is happening humans are causing it we know exactly what it is it's it's really just physics it's like basic physics that's what i learned in one of my classes which i thought it was kind of cool that it was like so basic but it's like oh fuck okay you know like we we all know we inhale oxygen and we exhale carbon dioxide um so one of the tests we did in one of my classes is like oh go pour a glass of water and then put a thermometer in a cup and then blow into a straw like take the temp before Mm -hmm. you blow and then after and oh lo and behold the fucking temperature goes up like it's that fucking simple right tell that to earl bowerman (laughs) (laughs) you gotta say it again (laughs) tell that one to earl bowerman they still think it's up for debate. Are we? Aren't we? No. It's like we actually know the physics of, of this yeah. shit and everything we're finding out. And I remember Sydney. She said this, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like, and this was like kind of low key to me, so I don't know if I should be. I, I think she would say this out loud anyways. But she's like, you know, and I've heard it before. Science is conservative by nature. It's not going to go out and predict something beyond like what they can prove. And right. so what she was saying is, she's like, and she is a climate scientist. She was saying like. You know this this shit is likely way worse than any of the any of us have predicted out loud right Right. other than the methane part the loss of sea ice means the loss of albedo and albedo is a unitless measure of reflectivity of a surface oh so the poles because of their massive white reflectivity they're hugely responsible for the stability of the climate because they reflect solar radiation back into space. Right. So when people are like, oh, let's plant trees, da 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 da, yeah, that's nice. We, you know, those trees sequester CO2, but it's nothing close to um, just bouncing that solar radiation back into space. Okay, yeah. So anyway, so the terrifying feedback here is that the loss of glaciers and sea ice leads to less and less solar radiation being reflected back out into space, which in turn warms the planet yeah. even further yeah um so yeah this is what is most feared regarding our climate where we hit these tipping points that take us into runaway feedback loops that's one of those um so dr arian purich a climate scientist at monash university and an antarctic sea ice expert expressed again bewilderment Uh, scientists are expressing bewilderment left and right um He says, quote, I think everyone's asking what is happening right now. It's unbelievable. There's this worry about what kind of world we are coming into, unquote. All of this is just scratching the surface of insane weather events that have been happening this summer, including extreme heat in South America's winter right now, the Mediterranean's burning up, massive flooding in Vermont, upstate New York, and China. Um, 
I don't know if you've seen those, but maybe listeners have seen all of those videos of people like clinging to the tops of cars as they like surf Mm. down the fucking road because the cars are literally just being washed away. And yeah, anyways, so yeah, there's that, but you know, it's really the declare emergency people uh, disrupting people in the streets with their goddamn civil disobedience. That's the problem right now, right? Oh yeah. No, it's the, the blocking traffic. All this taken together, I just want to share that, and um, this kind of feeds into what, like, I hope our so- local solutions are, um, because we're talking a lot about mitigation, like you said, <laughs> mitigating the effects of climate. Yes, we need to bring down our emissions. Um, it's funny which emissions do and don't count, by the way, but also, like, um, as far as, like, you know, development and all that but um it's actually my biggest concern right now is resiliency because nobody's talking about it i don't see i'm, I'm gonna be checking like our the climate action framework and everything mm-hmm. but i don't know i don't see any prioritizing of saving all of our natural land our yeah. agricultural land yeah. for us to grow food yeah no they're just they're they're mowing down forests and building warehouses that's what they're doing yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what we have now as far as agriculture surely can't feed the community that is here. And then we might have people moving here. And um, in case everybody forgot, we need food to survive. And so <laughs> that um, that's my that's my biggest concern right that's now. And I just take. I don't feel like <laughs> hot take humans need food. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, we need a stable climate to grow food. So a recent study published in Nature Communications details how the risks of synchronized low crop yields are underestimated in current climate and crop model projections. So what happens if multiple bread baskets of the world that we rely on, because again, our community does not sustain itself food-wise, um, what happens if those events are synchronized? What happens if there's you know, these accelerating climate events are happening more and more frequently mm-hmm. and all these places are hit at once How, what food are we going to eat um and then like another another recent news story related to that is that india has banned they had a really bad monsoon season season and so they banned rice exports um and they're our largest like exporter of rice they're the largest yeah. exporter of rice in the world and so they're like, no, we don't want to inflate food prices. We need this rice for our community, for yeah. our for our country. So we're not going to be exporting it. Yeah. Um, and so like we're going to be seeing that more and more. Yeah. And I think I told you that, Philip. I was actually wondering. I'm like, would we even like like the U.S. is such a piece of shit that like <laughs> would we even like we we probably like I couldn't even imagine the president being like, sorry, we can't like export this shit elsewhere. Um, because we need it for our U.S. citizens, I feel like they'd just be like, oh, fuck it, capitalism, got it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Got like, it. really, like, I I don't, yeah. I mean, we already let people starve. I don't, I and mean, people yeah. already are dying from climate impacts and all this shit, so. Yeah, fuck them. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got enough money to get my rice. <laughs> I know, yeah, I can, I can pay the top dollar for that, uh, that fucking premium rice, that rare rice that no one sharing it's not if but it's when our food systems break down because they're so fragile because we have this global i mean it's everything 
it's not just food, but I mean, food is like going to be one of the most important things that break down. I mean, we have the Colorado River drying up in California. Um, we get so we get our winter vegetables from California and our our fresh pr- produce from there. So like, mm-hmm. like, what the fuck are we going to do? And nobody, nobody is talking about that. <sighs> fuck. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. Do you have anything to say about that, Philip? I've done uh, a lot of talking. I mean, it sounds like. Uh, it sounds really, really bad. Um, and I don't like, part of me doesn't know what to say. Cause like I said, the, the scope is so massive. Like I have, I didn't know, I'm not even up on the local, the stuff that's showing up in the news because it just, it, it, it's just too much. Like you can only look at so many articles of, well, this is, this is, another bazillion acres of of forest gone up in smoke um and they're nowhere near containing it and there's a tendency for there's a tendency to react to that magnitude by just curling up and call it doomerism call it acceptance call it losing the will to fight like you you demonstrated that earlier when you were talking about those podcasters who may or may not still be in the episode depending on whether you cut that bit out um but this idea that we're just all fucked so why bother to fight why bother to do anything make yourself as comfortable as you can and just you know wait for the end of the world yeah yeah and um you know like people want to think that and i think they want to think that because things haven't gotten as bad yet yeah and it's like you actually know it's like no we you're going to fight. You have a will to live. Most people have a will to live. I mean, um, I mean, for the, for the most part, (laughs) you know, we, we got a lot of mental health issues here in the U S especially, but, um, but you know what I mean? Like you will be fighting and there really is no other option, but to fight. And I think that people are just, yeah, I mean, it's, we, we are trapped in the system. I do believe there is a way to break out of it. Revolutions, happen there they are just a fact of history right um and climate catastrophe is so is going to be so gnarly that uh <laughs> that um you know people a revolution's happening one way or the other it's whether we incite it it's whether we prepare ourselves and become knowledgeable right. and i think we well should the danger of a revolution is it comes from ignorance and it comes from all these right-wing whack jobs who are just like fucking I mean, there there uh, there could be a left revolution. I'm just saying. Yeah, there could be a left revolution. I feel like the right might start it. Maybe we could <sighs> win. It. Okay, maybe we're getting. <laughs> we'll pay all that one too behind the Patreon. This is not an anti-gun podcast. <laughs> for all you listeners who are left, this is not an anti-gun podcast. Arm prepare, yourselves for the coming revolution. Yeah. yeah. No, we're not quite there yet, but I can, I can. I mean, yeah. See it on the horizon. And I think we, it's like, okay, without even like that much. I mean, there's a lot of climate catastrophe already, but like without even that much, we're already like on the precipice of fascism. And then what do we know? What typically happens when there's like social breakdown and and like mass disorder and all the shit and mass suffering. Uh, you know, fascism happens, uh, women get raped more, murders happen more when, like we have data about when heat is higher, more crime happens, more violent crime. Oh yeah, no, like heat 
puts everyone you can just you can see it on the roads everyone drives shittier everyone drives angrier <laughs> i don't discount myself from that you motherfuckers you cut me off i'm gonna have like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like i've been pissed off just because yeah, i'm hot just, like yes just, it's there are there are trigger things i get i get pissy when i'm hungry and i get pissy when i'm hot but yeah, that's that's where I'm at, right, man? And it's like people act like fucking climate change is like a niche issue. Like it's like like a special off to the side issue. And right. we get people, oh, they're showing up for the abortion rallies. Yep, those are important. Sure. Mm-hmm. They're showing up to the fucking MGP volunteer fucking Oh god. campaign kickoff. But where the fuck are they showing up for climate change they're, they're not. climate change is a BIPOC issue it's a women's issue it's a fucking mm-hmm. it's a working class issue I mean this effect we I I don't think like I think the rich are fucking stupid if they don't think they're going to be impacted by climate change because like at some point our entire economy is just going to fucking break down and yeah. then money doesn't mean anything and then Elon <laughs> Musk is standing there on the corner and here we are with our pitchforks and so <laughs> I hope so or Jeff I, Bezos I just, or whatever fucking big bad billionaire we were, or yeah, whatever seriously I just hope they shoot themselves into space before that <laughs> but, point, <right>? but um <laughs> <laughs> that would that would help the earth so or, like, yeah or we, do the sub will, the submersible the, yeah. uh, the emissions from the rocket fuel to shoot musk zuckerberg and bezos into space yeah we'll, we'll take that in <laughs> Just, yeah goddamn. um <laughs> but yeah anyways with like those 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 community like the global the global south is going to be impacted the most poor people are impacted the most they're not going to have the resources to deal with the impacts of climate change um you know rich people they're just gonna fly yeah wherever the fuck isn't on fire or flooded or whatever the yep. fuck as long as they can um yeah i as don't think they'll outrun it but yeah it's a it's a shitty apocalypse it's not fun. We don't get zombies. We don't get a Mad Max future. We could have a Mad Max future, but I don't think people are going to be nearly that cool. It's going to be, it's not going to be as fun being in it than just watching it. Is, it is, yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole different subject of, you know, the, the way we've been trained to view the apocalypse of, yeah, yeah. All right. That looks, that looks cool. Yeah. Um, to, you know. Ride some badass cars and headshot some zombies. It's not too bad. And the thing that frustrates me about the conversation is, like, it's always taken individually. This thing is happening, but it's never as part of a larger pattern. It's oh, well, here's a thing. Here's a thing. That's probably not going to happen again. It's just oh, what weird. We broke another record. Weird. So much I of guess- the U.S. is on fire in Canada and whoever else. Huh. And then they never fucking tell you, like, say, here's what we have to change to fucking turn this around or even begin turning this around or even start the first step down the path to turning this around. Because if we can't in our lifetimes, then at least we can start. God damn it. I'm not going to fucking sit here and do nothing. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I, I mean, we fucking owe it. We... We owe it to everything. I mean, like, what are the fuck are we even alive for? Like, um, like you don't have to have a kid, 
but we do owe it to our children or fucking grandchildren any young person you know even slightly young person you know like what the what they're talking about right now is like oh this shit is happening decades sooner than we expected yeah and so if you out there listening are an old person you're probably not listening to us but if you are <laughs> like this is still like if you're still alive you're you're gonna be fucking impacted and how the fuck are you gonna feel if you if you die this is god this is getting like really fucking intense but if you if you're if you your last fucking dying breath is like you know the world is going to shit for every every family member you fucking have yeah everybody like well you know it's a race to get out before that happens yeah i guess so (laughs) you mentioned the patreon earlier like do we have a patreon are we going to have a patreon what is the news with that i so i did not start it yet um i just had a yeah intense amount of schooling summer session i'm done with that um i i want to start a patreon for us because some listeners have indicated that we should have one um i kind of go back and forth with it because as like a person who thinks that people should be paid for their labor (laughs) i'm like yeah uh throwing me a couple bucks or us a couple bucks so we don't maybe we don't have to work as much or whatever the situation (laughs) is would be nice but also it's like it's a labor of love and it feels well that's why it's a patreon we're not running ads we're not like forcing anyone like we might put up some nice bonus content but like the main meat of everything will be publicly available yeah for free like you put a lot of work into this research that was a fuck ton of research and science stuff that i i would just like struggle to even <laughs> well i hope well i hope you and the listeners like i hope that distilled it in yeah, a no, way it, that was maybe interesting and it's understandable but the fact like i don't have to like sift through all of the original sources to try to piece this picture together that you've like done all that work that does like this is yes it's a labor of love but it's taking time out of your life it takes effort like this is this is work this is labor um but yeah, I think that uh, I think a Patreon um, is a good idea because, as we've talked about, is that often there are things that get cut out. <laughs> They're a little spicy, a little fucking hot takes, edgier, you know, um, <laughs> or sensitive, sensitive subject matter. Um, the <laughs> Mostly, we just badmouth the elderly. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, Philip fucking dropped a name. Cut that out. Calling people out left and right, and you get to find out who. But yeah, in all seriousness, yeah, the next, the next Patreon episode will just be, I think, critiquing the local environmental movement. I think that that is a fair way to put it. Yeah. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, I think it. The the critiquing the local environmental consensus. I don't know. I hope that people made it through this episode. We don't have the choice to give up, and we also we we can do something about it. We yeah. can do something about this. Yeah, as Peter Kalmus would say, the hour is late. Yeah, but there is there is something to be done, and so we we have to just like that's kind of what the next episode is going to be about. Like, what are the effective tactics? It, are, is political politeness working? What should we be demanding of our of our local officials? What is going to be most important um, 
you know, nationally, because I think those things, we, we cover everything through a local lens, but with climate change, it's almost like what's going to be the biggest bang for our buck for putting our energies somewhere rather than piecemeal. Um, so that's all. Yeah. This is probably a long enough episode, so that's all going to be for the next one. But there are, there are solutions. There are, there's a, a prioritization of those solutions and, um, we need to we need to assess all those things. We all need to be on the same page so that we can be the most powerful movement that we can be. <laughs> without using trigger words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without, as, without as lo- naming the cause of the problem. Yeah. As long as we make all these concessions, <laughs> yeah. we're going to be the most powerful yeah. movement Wait, ever. what do you mean? We elected a D. We, uh, elect- <laughs> we elected a Dem. <laughs> Joe Biden, and we elected Marie Gliz and Camp Perez. We're yeah. fucking good. Oh, we're fine. We got climate change covered. All right, guys, I'm coming in here for a quick summary to wrap this episode up. Knowing that climate change is getting worse and is veering into exponential impact in societal breakdown territory, we need to think critically about how we are going to survive as a community. So I wanted to stir up some thoughts for you to sit with until the next installment of this series, which will be about local climate deniers and delayers, as well as biggest emitters. What should we be doing now to ensure our survival? What jobs will still exist in a collapsed economy? What will happen to your retirement savings? As discussed in Philip and I's conversation, when shit hits the fan, what will we all eat? Will we eat the rock from Chalachi delivered on Eric Temple's dystopian autonomous train? Will we eat Amazon packages from the new warehouse filled with whatever cheap plastic fucking piece of shit thing we thought we needed to live well? Will we wish we had saved the land where we could have grown food and regenerated the soil, but we instead authorized for lifeless commercial office buildings? How can we stop contributing to climate breakdown meaningfully and quickly? What should we be demanding of our public servants right now, and what tactics should we use? Should we play nice with open climate deniers or apply public pressure? I think you guys know what our answer is to that one. So sorry, not sorry for this depressing content because we've got to start by acknowledging reality, which very few seem to be doing thus far before we can even get a grasp on how to deal with it all. We cannot look away any longer. There's always room for hope and we really got no choice but to fight, but it means we must change everything if we're gonna succeed. The only way out of this is through it. We need to build and prepare for a new world, which includes pulling all levels of government kicking and screaming out of the old one as soon as possible. We need to be uncomfortable and make others uncomfortable. We need to have courage. Nothing is guaranteed, but we're going to have to try and serve this apocalypse. Uh, Last minute here, we'd like to dedicate this episode to the indigenous peoples of Lahaina Maui, whose lives have been destroyed and sacrificed to the ruthless colonialist capitalist death cult that is driving life on earth to the edge of existence we hope you'll share this podcast with everybody you know friends and family beg them beg them to listen to this have those difficult conversations even people that you don't think are going to listen um and please prepare to join us and fight climate activism is the most important thing right now it's the only thing that matters